Louder! Thrill me. Black as midnight on a moonless night. Bitches leave. Groovy. Fucking hold up, hold up. Well then, there, motherfucker! It's got a death curse. Let's fuck! I'll fuck anything that moves! <laughs> Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Forever deep, bitch! <laughs> Oh, damn enchiladas! These guys are laughing. Reporting live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcasting, mouthpiece of the Southeast, uncontested superstar of the airwaves, and your reigning and defending podcast champion of the world, Brandon A. Lane, bringing you a special edition of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. It's alive. It's alive. Behold the Bride of Frankencon. Now, we're just a stone's throw away from the premier horror convention of the Southeast, so tonight we're going to run down the celebs and schedule for the can't-miss event of the summer, Bride of Frankencon. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Frankencon returned the sequel to Daphne, the Bride of Frankencon. Witness the resurrection of horror with two massive reunions. It's Friday the 13th Part 6 star C.J. Graham and Tom Matthews, along with a grindhouse reunion of Hennenmotter, Hintonrick, and Mullen, along with the man behind the crow, James O'Barr. Plus, cult stars like Carl York from Cannibal Holocaust and Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp. Friday and Saturday, June 9th and 10th at the Hilton Knoxville Airport on 2001 Alcoa Highway, Alcoa, Tennessee, next to McGee Tyson Airport. Tickets on sale now at frankencontn.com. Welcome back, Rant Army. The past 365 days have all built to this moment. The can't-miss sequel of 2023 from the creators of Frankencon comes the Bride of Frankencon. I'm your host, Brandon A. Lane, and tonight we're going to spill the beans on what's going down on the best horror convention of the Southeast. Joining me to sing the praises of Bride of Frankencon is my best friend and your favorite alcoholic, the Boozerweight Champion of Podcasting, Vat! Tony, it is not even 11 o'clock and I've had two shots of vodka. Well, that's certainly the best way, in my opinion, to get the ball rolling on what we have in store for this episode. Hell yes. Because we're going to be definitely doing some drinking at this event, uh, especially after hours with the... Come drink with us and yeah. so I can watch Brandon have sex with one of y'all in the hotel room while wearing the bear mask from The Shining. He's going to be wearing nipple clamps and nothing, nothing else. Nothing else. I'm married, so I'm not going to cheat, but, you know, I can be there to, like, be a cheerleader for my boy. Like, get her. Help me, like, improve my form. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like arch your back. Faster. I'll, like, have a metronome going to keep you in rhythm. <laughs> I'm a true wingman. In the musical industry, they call it a click track. <laughs> All right, so two days of fun and terror, Friday, June 9th, and Saturday, June 10th, located at the Hilton Knoxville Airport in Alcoa, Tennessee. I know that's a little confusing because it's in Alcoa, but the... uh, says Knoxville. Knoxville Airport, uh, so it's kind of like... It's basically Knoxville. It's on the edge. That's true, but just for the sake of saving you guys some uh, trouble if you're coming from out of state or you don't know the area... Uh, it's Alcoa, Tennessee. Plug that into your GPS. I mean, really, if you just plug in the... McGee Tyson Airport will take you right there. You're going to find it. It's 
pretty hard to fucking miss. Uh, we were early adopters of FrankenCon last year, and because of that, we've been blessed with the opportunity to be involved both last year and this year. So let's just talk about last year's event. Like, how do you, number one, how do you think that event went? It went like fucking clockwork. It was amazing. I got to see Joe Bob Briggs. We got to meet the the living legend himself, Brian Brimmer, and do like a killer Q&A thing. Like, it was one of the best days of my life. You know, there's my wedding day and, you know, all that bullshit. But, you know, Frank and Con was where the fuck was at. I, uh, people, it was my birthday it on was. top of everything. So, yeah, it was just like the the best day across the board. But in terms of just how the con ran... Yeah, they had a, a few hiccups here or there, you know, tr- trying to schedule things and things going yeah. over. I mean, that stuff's to be expected. But in terms of, like, a first-time convention, I have never been to one that was run this well or yeah. people were just – everybody was in a good mood. It was it, just a perfect good, environment. And these guys, like you said, that was the first con they'd ever run, right? You know. Well, I mean, they had done, like, events before. Like, they had done – a the bird and the bee in Maryville, which we just did retro oh, yeah. fest there. They had a screening of Sleepaway Camp with Felissa Rose, and unfortunately we couldn't go because yeah. of work schedules Fucking and everything. Work. So they had done stuff in the past, but this was the first. Let's let's put a thing together, multiple celebrities, and you know, and just kind of see how it goes. And they landed some huge names: Joe Bob Briggs, you. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Caster and Crew Reunion, Chuck uh, Shoulder. Chuck Chuck Shoulder. uh, Jack Shoulder. Jack Shoulder. I always want to say Chuck. I don't know why. Because you're thinking of Chuck Russell from Part 3. I know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there was like, uh, we we got to set up right next to the guy who did the Bad Ben movies. And he was super fucking nice. Nigel Buck. We'll talk about him in in a few. Um, How do you think it's going to go from being uh, a one-day con to a two-day con this week? It's going to go. this year. I think even better than last year, we're going to have a good time. Uh, hopefully, that night again, like I said, somebody will come up and make ritualistic love to Brandon while I watch. But no, it's just like we get to, like a chance to hang out more uh, with other people doing shit there. You know, it's there's going to be the in-between. There's going to be the great uh, VIP opening party Thursday night if you're a super VIP ticket holder. And we're definitely uh, going to be there. There's going to be... Uh, Mick Straw is going to be doing a fun uh, trivia thing. Uh, Kevin Van Hantrick is going to do an acoustic musical yes, set. Yes, I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, and? And we're going to have a... Uh, Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead screening with Brian Bremer. So that in of itself is going to be... He's the nicest guy ever. Come out there just to meet him. Um. So Friday... The general admission ticket is twenty dollars. That's pretty, that's pretty fucking cheap for how these cons cheap. go. On Saturday, it's thirty dollars, but you have to take into account that the the big ticket stuff is on that day. Yeah. However, if you want to save a little bit of money and you're planning on coming both days, which I highly recommend that you do, because if you're there to get autographs and check out all the vendors. You're probably going to want to be able to space that out a little bit. Yeah, there's so many fucking like events and shit too. Exactly. Right? So if you want to go to these panels and you know discussions and scene breakdowns, you're going to want to be able to do that and not miss, you know, having to stand in yeah. line for ridiculous amounts of time, which hopefully won't happen. But if you were in Joe Bob's line last year, that thing moved slow. And that motherfucker stayed till he met everyone in line. He will eternally be my hero for that. I, would, I never realized that he would do, be that cool. I was one of the last people. Yeah, I got to take your picture. Yeah. And uh, 
when I got up to him, I'm like, my God, you are tall. And he's like, yep, I was born that way. I, did, I didn't realize, like, when he came out that day, I'm like, is he, I asked Brandon, I'm like, is he standing on something? And Brandon's like, no, he's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah, he fucking dwarfed me by, by a good foot. Like, and had his penis been out, out of respect... It would have had been, to hold it. It would have been mouth. It would have been mouth level, and I would have done it. You'd have kissed it hash, at least. Hashtag mutant family. <laughs> hashtag mutant family. <laughs> oh man! So if you're gonna go both days, forty dollars. That's saving ten bucks. That's, 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 that's a deal. A, anyway, you look a, at it. That is a great deal, and that'll get you to in all the general admission things throughout the day. But if you want to be treated like a VIP, you're gonna have to pony up the money. That's a hundred dollars. And it's going to get you early admission on both Friday and Saturday. That in of itself, Hell especially yeah. for some Autographs of the, some, like some of the bigger people, that's going to allow you to get in line first and not have to sit you know, or stand for longer periods of time. You're going to get a bag full of swag, Frank and Con style. They've got some really cool stuff. Uh, I know they're teaming with a company called Angry Lemonade Ooh. in the area. And just their business cards. I don't know if you got one. Uh, yeah, yes, it's I like, did. It's like metallic. I was I was so impressed <laughs> so with that. Cool. I was like, why don't we have cool shit like that? I need to you know step up our game. Uh, it's going to get you a lanyard, ten uh, percent off coupon code for the Franken online store. That's got some just really cool extra stuff, you know. So if you if you want to do that, that's great. But there's also one tier above that, and this is the one that's going to get you everything across the board. And that's the Super VIP. It's $150, and it gets you everything previously mentioned, and it gets you priority access to all the VIP events. That basically means, like, you're going to get, like, front row, center kind of attention or, you know, something within... And does it not also include access to the opening party for the Super VIP pass? Yes. Yeah, so that's that's worth it alone. Now, we'll talk about some of those events in a few moments, but first, let's run down who all is going to be appearing at this event. Awesome. Mm, my nipples are so hard right now. I know. <laughs> two hard nipples for two awesome, <laughs> yes. fun days of con experiences. So, first up, we have a returning guest from last year, director and star of the long-running Bad Ben series, Nigel Buck. Our booth was right next to him. So, let's just... What oh, yeah. was your experience with I him? I got to hear the whole story, the rundown on how the whole production almost went into the shitter immediately, and he said, fuck it, and did it himself. He gave me a free... Uh, autographed Bad Ben poster, which is up on my wall at the house right now. He was just so fucking nice. This is a man with no budget, just ideas, has done so much. I've actually since, between last Frankencon, I'd seen like the first two Bad Ben. I've seen them all. Even paid like a, I think it's like a buck ninety-nine or something on Amazon for a couple of them to rent. Yeah. They are so fun, and you can just tell it's a, he's a guy who just loves film so much and it's just his enthusiasm is really there are flaws obviously it's a micro they're micro budget found footage movies but the man is just so fucking great you can easily gloss over any flaws with his love of what he's doing now far be it for me to to say that i love found footage movies but i will say this i watched the first one I haven't seen any past the second movie but for what it is it kept me engaged and I feel like that the creativity right now with technology that is literally in your hand with your cell phone, if you have the passion, you can make something that people are probably going to watch, if not thoroughly enjoy. And 
Nigel is just such a nice, infectious person. Really was. And he's signing for free. Yes. So there's no reason you shouldn't be checking this guy Come out. Come say hi to this man. Get get on Amazon. Get on wherever you go to. Support this man's work. Absolutely. So, <laughs> after returning from last year's event, we have like a new personal favorite. Uh, and uh, we're going to be announcing something in just a moment and, and pertaining to him. But we have probably one of the coolest moments of my life, and I'm assuming yours. Oh, absolutely. We we got to do a career retrospective with Brian Bremer last year. So and fucking nice. He's coming. He's coming back, and he's just one of those people you meet and like instantly like, wow. I just I like this guy as a human being. Yes. Aside from the fact of everything that he's done, but let's just run it down. Pumpkinhead, Society, Silent Night, Daily Night 5, Spontaneous Combustion, uh, Test Tube Teens from the yes. year 2000. Like this, a lot of voice work. Oh, yeah, with the, the Walking Dead. Yes. Uh, oh, what's the name of that company uh, that does the video the, games? Yeah. Man, I wish you hadn't asked. Anyway, Telltale? Telltale, yes, yes. Yes. So, it is with the utmost respect that we induct him into our Hall of Fame. Absolutely. That means Absolutely nothing. Yes, but we're going to have a knock on wood if the if they get here in time, and by all accounts they should be here in the next couple of days at the time of recording. We're going to have exclusive Brian Bremer Hall of Fame trading cards. We're going to give those to Brian and just allow him to to give those out, so they'll be exclusive to him. But we love you, Brian, and I. I'm uh, definitely like Debo and like four or five of them for myself first. Oh, we're, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna get our copies. Yes. I mean, I mean, come on. Luckily, I carried around extras for Mick Strawn because at uh, what was it, Scream Queen Shockathon? He didn't bring it, yeah. and some fan mentioned that. I'm like, hold on, I got you. I got one in my car. Yeah, Mick, bring your fucking cards, <laughs> motherfucker. Who was our uh, inductor last year? Her un- inductee. Inductee. Right? So. Brian Bremer, uh, I know this probably will not mean to you what it means to us, but I, I feel like we have to recognize you because that panel, you know, I'm I'm not like, you put a microphone in my hand, I can become a superhero, but the, the lead up to that, I'm thinking like, I don't know a lot about this guy other than like what I've seen on screen. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to go. Am I going to have to fill in the gaps? Are we going to have enough content? But he was such a great orator. Oh my God. Was it was. And wasn't that like one of his first, like maybe not his first, but like really early. He hadn't done a lot of conventions. No, I, I think this, like may he have... stopped me on the way out and he, he just thanked me personally as I was heading toward the car about how, what a good time it was, how comfortable we made him. And you know, the whole, we, you know, we're like making the chat crowd chant, the living legend, Brian Bremer. And now that's how I think of him in my head. When I scroll past his posts on Facebook, is I don't see Brian Bremer. I see the living legend, Brian Bremer. I mean, I don't like to pat myself on the you back. You fucking killed it. I'll pat you on the back. But yeah, we we had them we had them uh, going for, for hell. Brian. Yeah, we did. So I uh, hopefully we'll be able to rub some of that celebrity uh, off on some other uh, underloved but greatly deserving actors in the future. Absolutely, or people involved with the yes, entertainment anybody. industry. So next up, making his Franken-Con debut, we have a gentleman that Fat Tony and I did an event with called Scream Queen Shockathon earlier in the year, and he was an awesome host. But all of you out there in the Ran Army, you should be excited because he's best known as the king of shot-on-video horror, Tennessee's own Donald Farmer. So 
Scream Queen Shockathon. It was such a blast. So much fun. And, and to be fair, uh, we didn't interact with Donald a lot. You know, pleasantries, you know. I hey, passed a little doing? bit of his movies and stuff like while we were setting up and everything was, you know. We we ended up babysitting uh, Mixtron and Rob Mello. Rob Mello is so fucking cool. That, that, whole, that whole day was just... Uh, <laughs> Not like the the normal level of drunk that we get, where like it's like drunk almost off the bat. This was like a slow. Yeah, we were drinking beer. Slow, you know, a slow, uh, almost drunk, uh, buzzed, uh, slightly yeah. more than buzzed, and it was just a good f- several hours. And you know, we 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 had uh, you know probably not the biggest turnout, but in some ways. Probably not for Donald, but for us, it was awesome because we got to kind of sit around and talk and like get to know people. And we met some awesome Scream Queens that we'll talk about in just a moment. But Donald, I actually met Donald uh, a few few years ago at Scruffy City Hall in Knoxville, which is a bar. It's It's in Market Square. And I used to go to Knoxville fairly regularly to go to like comic book stores and stuff. And at the comic exchange in the window, there is a flyer for a screening of a movie called shark exorcist. And I'm like, Oh, well I have to go (laughs) see this. Me, uh, Cameron, who's been on the podcast before, uh, and a couple other people from work, we go and watch this movie and you know, it's, it's a low budget shot on video thing. And it was so much fun because the crowd was, you know, a little on the tipsy side. We watched it. Hey, everybody want to watch everybody like had a good time. And it wasn't the case of like they're making fun of it, but they were enjoying the schlockiness of it. <coughs> and then the Q&A afterwards. There's one specific character who they, there's a scene that like takes place at a carnival. And it's like a guy and a girl. And the guy for whatever reason, his character just does not like the carnival. And it's like this like <laughs> montage of him like, you know, shrugging off like, well, I don't want to do this and that. So during the QA, we didn't realize this, but a lot of people from the the cast were in the crowd. So I asked a question to Don. I was like, why did that guy hate the carnival so much? And and um and the guy was sitting behind me is like, yeah, Donald, why why did my character hate the carnival so <laughs> That's much? That's awesome. And Donald was like, I don't know. So there wasn't much internal logic in terms of like why this character did that. But I just thought that was a funny interaction. But uh, since then, you know, I've kind of interacted with Donald on, you know, the Facebook kind of route. Yeah. But uh, we've actually made some little inroads with Donald, and we may be uh, having some interaction with his next movie, which is a sequel to one of his uh, classic uh, shot-on-video films called Demon Queen, uh, which was came out around the time of Evil Dead 2, maybe a little later. Um, but it's uh, kind of in that vein of, like, you know, schlocky... Uh, Fun, but uh, with a, with enough nastiness to kind of still make it a horror movie. Well, this year I'm coming to FrankenCon with a budget, and I'm buying some of those fucking movies. Like every event we've done, you know, I got kids and bills and shit. I've not really had enough money. I'm I'm setting aside money to buy you know schlocky exploitation movies to get autographs. I want you know cocaine budget. I budgeted you know two eight balls. You know, <laughs> fun, fun. Well. Let's do. I'm gonna be super talkative at the booth. We're gonna do it on uh, on our VIP thing with with a certain celebrity that we'll talk about soon. 
um, and will explode like they do in the movie. Hey, if you buy we'll a super watching. VIP pass, come to the pre-party and say that you show us you're subscribed to Rains from Blacklight podcast. Podcast, I'll do a bump of coke with you. I, this is a total joke. I don't have coke money. I have, I have DVD money at, at a con money and autograph. But you know, if you have coke, I'll do it with you. Yeah. That's exactly. the fat Tony guarantee. <laughs> exactly. And an autographed picture, uh, an autographed uh, dick pic picture. I, absolutely. <laughs> so Donald's not coming alone. He's going to be bringing a starlet that he's uh, been working with on a few things from Debbie Does Demons and Cannibal Hooker's Jessa Flux. Now, Jessa has amassed kind of an impressive resume over the past few years, appearing in several B-movies. We got to meet her. We met Morgan Thompson, super fucking cool. And we cool. met Angel Bradford at Shock uh, Screen Queen Shockathon. Um, they all very attractive ladies, but they all kind of have their own different look and aura about them. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Morgan has one of our T-shirts uh, and posted on TikTok. If I don't understand TikTok, so I don't even know what the video was in reference to. But she's wearing it, and she bends over, and uh, it's kind of sexy. So thank you, Morgan. Hell yeah. Uh, so I got a TikTok account. I'm like, hey, that was that's our shirt. We met you. She was super cool. Chit chatted a little bit on the comments. Very down to earth. Um, and if you if you want to see some. Some, th- some, th- Twitter. some things that will uh, get your blood pumping uh, in a very American patriotic kind of also way. Also featuring a rants, the Rants tank top. Yes. <laughs> I was a big fan. I, like, I didn't know any of these women coming in. I got to talk to each of them a little bit. And then I uh, did a Google search and found out some very exciting things. I love you, Sarah. I'm sorry. but <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had actually met Angel Bradford uh, years ago, we chit chatted a little bit. Her boyfriend was with her, or a okay. Or, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, or or a uh, a person uh, to prevent her from engaging in physical uh, affection from a from a man. But there were sparks, and I want to <laughs> and I want to I want to burn I want to burn that bed down for for four glorious minutes. Oh, uh, it will. Yeah, for for me. For her, it's it like, would be what? it would be an everlasting moment uh, for, of sheer like, bliss. Yeah, exactly. It's like the the perpetual, like the everlasting <laughs> now. I believe is what they call it, <laughs> where you're just perpetually in bliss. Yeah, yes. I would. I'd bring out the A game. That's where like you you put one hand on the hip and like you kind of like thrust it <laughs> at an angle. <laughs> oh, buddy, we gotta work on your A game. <laughs> oh man, so. The world has changed a lot since the eighties, and you know you don't say. And I would argue that you know mostly for the worse, but in most ways good too. I'm talking about in terms of entertainment. Um, the biggest travesty is that we really don't have B movie screen queens like we did with like Linnea Quigley, Michelle Bauer, and Brink Stevens. You know, and the many the, the other ones. Yes. Do you think that Jessa Morgan and Angel could like successively be marketed? Uh, as like yes, a new screen, like as a, a bundled package of screen. Yeah, queens. like the, the you know, the Lenanke Quigley, Brink Stevens, you know, kind of screen queen, you know. What was it? Uh, they're not screen queen. There's something else they did all together. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, absolutely. This is the day and age where, you know, a lot of viral marketing go a long way. I don't know that Jessa Flux is on TikTok, but she probably needs to have one. I I've I'm not a TikTok connoisseur. I live with three teenage girls and a wife who constantly on TikTok. There's a lot of good things to be had on TikTok. My favorite author, Jason Pargin, author of 
John dies at the end. Uh, also, Don Coscarelli movie. He's great on there. There's stuff for guys our age that's not just white racists ranting about how, you know, women are low value and need alpha males. I mean, that's there. And it's I block it as often as I can, but there is stuff you would enjoy. I've got a lot of horror movies. I'm in horror deep into horror TikTok. I'm not saying there isn't. It's just my attention span. Uh, then it's literally made for you. I want to know. I'm my attention span is not measured like that. Oh, okay. I I don't know. I need to be engaged for. I like longer content. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, I get that too. So. The era of the screen, screen queen is sort of past, but I, in, I guess a lot of ways that horror being kind of cyclical. What's cyclical. That? Cyclical. You say it, I can't say He's it. He's not even drinking. Cyclical. Cyclical. So, in what what's the ceiling for like a scream queen trio of today? Because with streaming, it's so much easier to kind of distribute your stuff direct to consumer. It's very much like the VHS era of our yeah. childhood. So c- can they achieve those levels that like Linnea could, or it, would they just be lucky to have, you know, uh, a marquee name on a, a movie that, you know, is loved niche. by a handful of people. The, the, we'll see. It's, it's a give and take because the niche fan market now is much stronger. You have, I mean, it's, it's, it's more interconnected. It's more interconnected. If they had social media presences, uh, interacted with fans, which they do, I'm certain, you know, there, there is room, definite room for growth. Will they be, you know, 80 screen queens? No, that, that era has passed because we hold it in reverence. I wish we could allow for new stuff. People like you that hate most modern things prevent it. So it's Brandon A. Lane's fault that no, I'm just playing. But uh, no, I think there's definitely room for growth. Well, I would I would definitely be interested to see the the line of thinking that gets us from point A to point B. Let's let's get these these girls together and let's have a new, you know, sexy renaissance in absolutely uh, in, in horror because no one wears nighties anymore, and I and I feel like that they would look good in nighties, uh, being terrorized with a man with a knife. Absolutely. So, uh, Richard, Matt, Corey, uh, they're they're the guys putting this thing on. We've become friends with them over the past few years, um, and I have to say I'm very happy with what they're accomplishing. But come on, guys, next year you got to invite Morgan, Angel, and Jessa and. Just don't even give them a con booth. Just give them a bed to lay on. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not trying to be gross, but I'm just saying it will make money. And that's what this is all get about. Get a photo op with them on a bed. Get your photo take with three screen queens, 30 bucks. They're making a killing. $10 a piece. They split the profits. They're making a killing. They'll give you day. a smoking jacket and a pipe you can wear. Uh, or, you know, or I'm getting like five pictures taken. <laughs> Of various stages of undress. I'll have him sign one too, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you love her. Yeah, exactly. All right, the fun doesn't stop there because our next guest is the infamous, and he just he's terrified a generation to stay away from the South. We have Billy Redden, but you probably better know him as Banjo Boy from Deliverance. Okay. Um, when you're talking about <coughs> iconic things from cinema. I mean, I don't know that this would be top 10, but... It's in the top 25 of movies of the 70s that have lasted. It, but specifically, just the image of, oh, yes. of him. It's so 
memorable and it stood the test of time. And I know people that like have never seen Deliverance. That know what you're talking but about. They, but they know the notes of, oh, you know, yeah. of the song and they, they know the, the it's visual. It's been in pop culture so much, you know, a parody of a parody or using it or, you know, using I, it as shorthand for you're about to get raped by country boys. And I don't know if you, if you remember this, but the Tiny Toons movie, animated movie from the 90s, has a possum that is Banjo Boy. It's vaguely like and it's been. I used to love Tiny Toons, but it came out at the tail end of me watching cartoons. That was actually my first because I didn't know anything about Deliverance. So when I did see Deliverance a few years later, it's I'm like, just like Tiny this Toons, is just like the Tiny Toons <laughs> episode, and they go over a cliff and Superman saves them. Warner I'm going to have everybody. to go back and watch that. <laughs> Tiny Toons rules. Um. So yeah, I, if you are a Deliverance fan, or actually, I would say this: if you are from the North and you are scared of the South, come visit this guy to at least allow him to show you that we're not all crazed hillbillies that you know that will uh, in panties drop them. And oh, and- I will definitely. If you're a Yankee, you're gonna squeal <laughs> like a pig. <laughs> I'm just playing. I just, I mean. It's kind of like what Jaws did for the water and Psycho did for he the did shower. He did for Banjos. He did for um, Cousin Fucker Rape. No, uh, he, he didn't participate. But he Yeah, went, he's just there at a store, you know, hanging out, playing But music. his siren song led those led those fellas to run in the Hershey Highway. Oh, was it Ned Beatty? Ned Beatty. Oh, God. Uh, next up, we have Stuntman of a Thousand Roles, appearing in such things as Black Panther, Cobra Kai, Stranger Things, and the Fast and the Furious series, Nick Decay. I'm definitely going to have to talk with him about Cobra Kai, uh, just because I am such, such a fan. I was an early adopter of that show. That's the only reason I got YouTube Premium, because the first season premiered on YouTube Plus, or what, YouTube Red, whatever they call it. It was YouTube Red at the time. YouTube Red. I only got it for that, and I t- kept telling everybody, I told all my girls, watch this. When it went to Netflix, they finally watched it. Like, holy shit, this is a good movie. Have you seen it? And I almost had a fucking stroke yelling at them. I'm like, I thought I tried to get you to watch. Me and uh, Jason, our technical advisor, we went to see, they had the anniversary screening of Karate Kid, and they screened it with the first two episodes. This is before it ended up on YouTube. And that was, it was like, oh my God, because I'm thinking like, well, this can't be good. And it was so good. And that wait between seeing those first two episodes and it getting put on to YouTube was so hard because I was just like pulling my hair out. Like, I, I want to know what happens. And I'll say it for now until Kingdom Come. Fuck. It's a good show. And it's everything that I should hate on paper, but it's done so earnestly and that even gets, my calloused heart, I can't hate it. Even gets so over the top, and they's like, "There's no way." They're like, "Man, they got John Kreese, or not? What was that? The bad guy from Three? I'm like, they're bringing him. Uh, That's John, John Sensei Kreese. You're, you're. Uh, I'm crap. confusing shit. No, uh, John Kreese is our our friend. Oh friend yeah, no. Steel Justice. John I'm thinking Steel. about the other guy. Uh, fuck. Terry Silver. Terry Silver. When they brought him back, and I'm like, there's no way they're going to make this shit work. John Kreese coming back. Mario, Sensei Kreese coming out. Like, they're not going to make the, okay, the first season was so great. There's no way they don't need to make this ridiculous. I've not seen a bad episode yet. Well, I'm I'm very. Uh, they need to bring the chick back who won an Oscar, who's just like the new next karate kid. Oh, no, I almost said Juliette Lewis. It's not her. The boys don't cry. Yeah, actress. million dollar baby chick. She yeah. just needs to pop back up. 
Um, balls in your court, bitch. She just needs to buy a car from like Daniel's son. Exactly. No, no reference. Don't get her dead in touch. Just have her in the background talking to one of his salesmen. And they could feed her a carrot. <laughs> She's got a horse face. That's mean to say. That's so mean. <laughs> and that's Sarah Jessica Parker that has the true horse face, not her. That's true. I'm just being a dick. So uh, Nick has worked on uh, quite a few movies I really like. Anchorman 2. Hell yes. He did The Nice Guys, which is, I recommend without reservation to people all the time. I feel like it's like those movies that just kind of fell between the cracks. Doom Patrol, which fuck Hell you, yeah. fuck you, Warner Brothers for canceling it. Just all good. Once Brendan Fraser got the whale, I knew it was over. Well, he's too he's too big to fit in the suit now. He's not. <laughs> he's not. That was you know what I mean. But yes, um, this guy did a fuck ton of Hunger, Hunger Games movies. He ain't no joke. So if you are interested in the the art of stunts, uh, I think this guy is probably going to be an interesting conversation piece. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have a lot of affinity for stuntmen. Uh, from stuntman to musicians, Frank and Cobb will definitely have its variety because our next guest is the former drummer of Evanescence, Rocky Gray. Now, since leaving the rock scene, he has seamlessly transitioned into the movie business, having composed the scores for several horror films, including The Barn and The Barn Part 2. Have you seen either of The Barn movies? Is The Barn on Tubi? It is on Tubi. I think I watched that, like, a while back. But, again, this was a night that I was home alone and drunk. That's when Sarah worked thirds. The kids were gone. And I got super drunk. Because when I, I heard this little video, I'm like, I've heard of that movie. I, I'm probably like you with Evil Dead. I, I know I saw it, but it's a drunken blur. I love The Barn. It's the best new throwback slasher because they're they're trying to evoke the whole oh, yeah. theme and part two is really good i i got it not long ago from grindhouse video down the road from the black lodge in knoxville tennessee and they did a really smart thing in the sequel and kind of like okay let's take our formula and kind of shift it so it, we're not redoing the same movie but joe bob and darcy are in part two so oh hell um and god darcy's wearing a nurse outfit so Good stuff, and Linnea's in the movies, and Holy she, and, shit. and and she plays uh, the stuck up bitch who's like, we gotta cancel cancel these events, you know, you know the play, Karen basically playing against type, and then you've got um, Ari Lehman from the little kid Jason. Oh yeah, yeah. he basically plays the uh, the local rock DJ kind of thing. It's just a cool yeah. movie. I, I really really like those. So I'm definitely going to be getting Rocky Gray to autograph uh, both copies of The Barn. Uh, if you're a fan of The Barn, you'll probably enjoy the work of our next guests on the Franken-Con list. We have director Jed Bryan. His work includes 1031 Part 3 and 2013's Unlisted Owner. Now, I've seen uh, the first two 1033, uh, 1031 films, uh, but I guess I need to pony up and see Part 3 before the show. Have I've you seen, seen the first one. I haven't seen the second. Fun uh, anthology movies. Yeah. Um, I'm really in favor of movies that are kind of centered around Halloween and I mean the Halloween series obviously the Michael Myers movies um they part one and part four really feel like October fall autumn movies but the rest of them aside from the fact that there might be some trick-or-treaters here or there I don't know they don't evoke that that feeling of Halloween yeah no I know exactly what you're saying and 1031 
really nailed that like that feeling like 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 he also got from the movie trick or treat that's another one trick or treat was an instant classic in terms of like you have to watch that on halloween yeah but but i would say like you've got i agree on the first i haven't seen the second one but 1031 yeah definitely i would say that you've got your like your premiums of like halloween watching which is trick or treat and the original halloween maybe even halloween 4 if you want to get deeper in the in the catalog and then you've got like your your sub tier, like your B tier, and that's going to be for me, uh, trick or treat the same oh, yeah. movie, just because that's just a Halloween tradition I've ever had. But for the past two years, I've watched Ten Thirty One on Halloween as well, so I think that you should add that to your list. So that is a rant's recommendation. There we go. All right, so let's add another vocation to the list of Frank and Con's varied resume with someone from the world of comics. We have James O'Barr better known as the creator of The Crow. Hell yes. He's one of those I'm definitely getting his autograph. I did not read The Crow graphic novel before seeing the movie. That being said, that movie was playing at the Capri in Morristown. We did not get into that theater for free. My dad got me into the one in the mall for free from... The Crow came out. We paid our ticket, went and saw it. Holy shit, went back out. It's the only time in my life we've ever done this. We bought another ticket and went right right back in. Then I read the comic book, which is vastly different. And unfortunately, Brandon Lee, you know, passed and they couldn't add like the the character that um, Michael Michael Berryman was going to play. But like I loved it so much. I read other shit he's done. It's he's he's his fucking the his vibe as a comic book artist is great. He was really on the forefront of that that era of black and white comics. When yes, they're maybe independently is not the best way to describe it, but not one of the big Niche. two comic yeah. book companies. And I didn't read The Crow until. I was probably in high school because distribution on these things was not like it is now. Like if you went to a grocery store, you could find Spider-Man. But I you were found there. my copy at Farmhouse Antiques in downtown Morristown and I had to buy it. That's how I got mine. Well, I, I was in high school and I had to order the uh, the omnibus uh, from, uh, it wasn't even, it was Bookland oh, yeah. in, in the Morristown Mall. So yeah, I, I saw the movie in the theater with my sister and um, the and I, this, this is going to surprise no one who knows how much I love Ghostbusters. I saw this movie specifically because Ernie, Ernie Hudson was in it. I didn't know anything about the Crow. I didn't. I didn't. You know, really. To me, it looked. And I'm just basing this off of what I saw in my ten year old head. Seeing the, I'm like, this is just a rip off of Batman. And aesthetically, in terms of like the production design, they did lean heavy yeah. on that. But after leaving that movie, I was just awestruck. And, you know, like, I wanted a trench coat, and I wanted to paint my face. And this was, is pre-Columbine, so trench coats were okay. Yes. But, like, that's <laughs> all. I still, when talking to the girls and stuff, and, you know, they talk about the 90s, I'm like, the most 90s movie that I enjoy is The Crow. It's the 90s, the action movie. It Because there are other movies that are the 90s, the horror movie, or the 90s, the comedy. That's the 90s. The action movie. It's like Nine Inch Nails and Ray, the soundtrack and the, oh, we're so dark. I mean, even though the 90s had nothing bad going on, it was a pretty peaceful decade. <laughs> you know, so they had to get all goth and uh, but goth before emo. 
fuck the 2000s. I was thinking the other day, I hate the 2000s like you hate the 90s. Oh, I hate the 2000s. Oh, I know you do. Up until you get around like 2006, 2007. When it starts. And then we start to course correct from yes. the many atrocities of yes. the boy band generation. But uh, no, anyway, I was just thinking about that. But yeah, I, I'm super excited. I'm definitely going to get his autograph. Um, how influential do you think The Crow has been on pop culture? So fucking much. You To this day, you can, on Halloween, you'll see somebody wearing them. You have him affecting, like, you would think, disseparate uh, fandoms of, like, wrestling. Sting became Crow Sting for fucking years. Yeah. And, like, every, like even in South Park, during uh, Satan's Sweet 16 party, he was going to dress as the Crow. <laughs> and the other guy, nobody dresses as the Crow! You know, because that's the cool, sexy thing, and guys, and the dark aesthetic, and, you know, little sad loser boy, I love you, I'd come back and kill for you, you know, to try to get chicks in the 90s, and just vastly uh, influential. Even even though, like, in the comic, when... The comic actually came out in 89, didn't it? Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. It's 80s. It's Yeah, but... It, but it's I mean, hair. it's, 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 it's it beca- that tipping point. It, it became popular in the nineties. Yes, but even though in the the movie universe, like the, everybody associates uh, Eric Draven, the Brandon Lee portrayal of that character yeah. in the comic book, the Crow is many different entities. Yes. So if Brandon Lee had survived, we probably would have had a lesser movie in terms of like adapting the comic which they take a lot of liberties in the the film adaptation but what do you think about the possibility of you know a trilogy or you know a a sequel the only sequel to any of the crow movies i like is the third one because it is vastly different it's not brandon lee being the crow or we won't even talk about eddie furlong but it's like the execution guy it's not makeup it's scar tissue that's the one with uh, kirsten dunst yeah i think so uh fred ward Oh, what I fucking love Fred Ward. But, like, you know, it's the one that does take the crow into different things. Like, the Crow City of Angels is just trying to be the crow. Yeah, they even, and like, the actor, they just like, well, we need look a guy just like who him. look just like Brandon and, But the third one is, again, in the spirit of the comic books, like, let's take a different story, you know, let's do it a little differently. He doesn't feel like he's doing a Brandon Lee ripoff. And then Eddie Furlong, as much as I love his crow movie as a this movie is utter garbage amazing with like Tito Ortiz and the the four horsemen henchmen and like you know just Edward Furlong still trying to look like wish brand Brandon Lee yeah, and and uh, uh fuck but this machete Danny Trejo Danny Trejo playing a Native American doing the, the, the most racist dance ever no the third one I, I think Gives you that potential of what it could have been where the crow being different entities. The third crow movie gives you that potential. But anyway, I can't wait to meet the motherfucker. I love that comic book. Yeah, James O. Barr, that's a big get. We're, I'm a huge comic book fan, so I'm going to... I've had sex, so I, I'm not a huge comic book fan. <laughs> but I, the comic books I like, I love. All right, next up on our list is somebody who'll be attending Bride of Franken-Con for the second time, but only because we put our money where our mouth is and we sponsored... His sorry ass, our good buddy, the bad boy of production design, Mick Strawn. Now, Mick's resume reads like every movie you've ever loved, so let's table that discussion for later on because we got something cool in store. Um, I've been friends with Mick for a few years, and he's become like my crazy uncle. I love the guy to death. However, you hadn't really got to meet him up until just recently, so 
What was it like? The man does not stop talking in the best possible way. He's got great stories. He's high energy. Um, He might tell this, like the few times I've met him, I've heard the same story. He just in those couple of you know, twice or three times, they're still fucking entertaining. I just, I fucking love and can't wait for this event. I, I, I can honestly say that if Mick had never worked on a movie or like had done nothing that I would like find appealing in terms of vocation. If I just knew Mick as a human being, I would still want to be his friend. I love Mick to death. Even though he's a dirty hippie who loves the Grateful Dead. That's true. That's true. We all have our vices and things about ourselves that we wish we could change. (laughs) I'm going to turn Mick onto some heavy metal. He hates heavy metal. I'm going to make him love it. I'm going to make him love it, whether he likes it or not. But, uh, you know, as excited as we are that we're going to see Mick again, hopefully get to you know have some drinks after the show, we have something going on during the Friday that's just uh, I've been waiting to do and table that because we'll bring it up when we get to our schedule. But next up, we have somebody that Mick worked with on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, that being director Jeff Burr. Hell yes. Tennessee native, let's break it down, from A Whisper to a Screen, which was one of Vincent Price's last movies. Uh, Really, really cool anthology uh, anthology movie. movie. Uh, He directed the criminally underrated Stepfather 2, which has no right to be as good as it is. Uh, Puppet Master 4 and 5, which as a kid, I think were my favorites. Is that the one with the giant, like, like ancient... Puppet, mom. yes, yeah, yeah, Decapitron, yes. Where this is Andre Toulon with a fucking <laughs> mi- microwave on his head. Pretty it's, much, it's stupid, but I, but I love those movies. I have them on Blu-ray. Like, who needs the Puppet Master movies on Blu-ray? I don't know where I'm pointing at. They're at sexy right. man, like <laughs> Say you. Sexy man. But yeah, I, I have them all, even even the ones that are not good. Hey, Puppet Master, Littlest Right, brought it all back for me. That movie's great. You gave it to I, me on DVD because you upgraded the Blu-ray. I, Highly recommend that. It's technically not a part of the series. It was made by the uh, same people of spring off from Astron Six, and then I I, I believe it uh, may even be made by the same guy that made Psycho Goreman. Uh, I don't. They're know, all associated so, under yes. the Astron Six banner, but really, really good. So he also made a movie which is a personal favorite of our good buddy Stink Dick Eddie, that being Pumpkinhead Two. I saw Pumpkinhead 2 in the theater with my grandmother, my racist grandmother, and I can tell you that she laughed at some of the things in this movie yeah. that were not supposed to be laughed at, but I have a soft spot uh, soft spot in my heart. It's for the her. only sequel I... Like, if you're like, hey, you want to watch Pumpkinhead 2, I'll sit down and watch it. I'm not going to watch the third one. What was, was the second one Blood Wings? Blood Wings is part two, and then you've got... Um, uh, God, I have them all. I hate the third. Is there more than th- three? Third and, third and fourth movies were made by Sci-Fi Channel, and they basically were shot at the same time and then released. I saw the third. It made me so mad. I don't think I finished it. I've never seen the fourth. Blood Feud. and One of them has uh, Doug Bradley in it. Oh. And he's he played he's doing a really bad like southern accent. I might be worth it just to see him. That's that's the preferable one. I can't remember if that's three or four, but that's beside the point. So of his catalog of Jeff Burr's, like which of these movies uh, do you think is the one that like stands out to you? Oh, I've always loved From a Whisper to a Screen, man. Like I fucking love. I love anthology movies. I love Benson Price. It's just got so much uh, chutzpah. 
It's kind of uh, I, I love I love from a whisper to a scream as well. But I, I like the vibe, the Southern horn because it all takes takes place in Tennessee, and I remember seeing this little kid like that's cool. This is a Tennessee horror movie. Yeah, he's kind of like the horror version of uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, you know where everything's Tennessee related except for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which 3. is also great. We you know I've I've said my piece on on the episode about that. I love that movie for what it is and all its flaws. Well, and a lot of that you know, the flaws you can't blame on him no he got put into a situation got you know told what to do by studio it was a studio here, sequel here make a really gross nasty movie why'd you make a gross nasty movie yeah pretty much yeah and plus it came out in the 90s so yeah you know the 90s. a couple of like a month earlier it'd been 10 times better <laughs> 89 come on all right so uh from here on out it's just heavy hitter after heavy hitter i can't think of a bigger bombshell to drop that frank franken adding one of somebody from one of the most infamous films of all time. And I can tell you when I found out about this, I was doing terror in the woods at I am's nature center. And it's like, just, I mean like blisteringly hot. I'm next to, uh, the food truck. It's super fucking loud and the sun's in my eyes. So I can't see, you know, I'm trying to raise money for charity, sell stuff off our con table. And Matt comes up, you know, one of the guys putting yeah. on the, the show, and he's like, guess what? And I'm like, what? I got Carl Yorkie. And I'm like, what? <laughs> because I know who Carl Yorkie yes. is. Your, your, your common clay person may not know that name, but they're going to know what he's attributed to, and that being Cannibal Holocaust. Even if they haven't seen it, horror fans are going to know it. So, personal feelings aside... Where does Cannibal Holocaust rank among the most controversial films ever made? Oh, it's got to be in like the at least the top three. I mean, Jesus, the, the animal cruelty alone. Let me tell you this real quickly. There have been three separate times in my life, and I'm not trying to sound sexist, where a woman who likes horror films and cool people have been like, I want to watch this. I heard it so hardcore. I'm like, you probably don't. They really hurt animals. Oh, no, I want to watch it. And all three times have ended with them in tears. When it gets to the actual killing people part, they're already, you know, checked out of the movie by then because the fucking turtle and the muskrat and, like, the real news footage they you know, splice in, they're already traumatized. So when it gets to, like, the rape, the violence, the gore, they don't even get to enjoy the catharsis of the original piece of shit people getting murdered because they're already mentally broken. Yeah, th to me, this right here is like the template of shock cinema in terms of like it absolutely accomplishing its goal. Yeah, it's going to fuck you up. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's an entertaining film in the sense of like a fun I, roller coaster. I don't emotions. sit down to watch it for, I, the, I'd say it's since 1999, I'd say the four or five times I've seen it since then have been because somebody's talked shit and wanted to watch it. And I'm like, you don't, but I'll watch it with you. I've only seen And this then Joe, because the Joe Bob, Sadie and all the Sadie, you know, all her friends, uh, you know, like, oh, well, it's Joe Bob. We're going to watch it. I'm like, this movie's fucked up. Y'all might want to skip. I'm like, have you ever seen the content warning on a shutter thing? They've only done that for like Cannibal Holocaust and The Sadness, which Sadie also tapped out on when it got to the eyeball rape scene. She's like, I'm done. I fucking love The Sadness. It's so good. However, Cannibal Holocaust... As a piece of cinema, I respect it because yes. it is the like the epitome of exploitation cinema. It achieves what it's setting out to do. As a entertaining watch, no thank you. I'm good. Um, yeah. But you're going to want to meet Carl. Hell because yes. 
I I don't know how many conventions he's ever done. This actually may even be his first ever because it's this is one of those blacklisted movies. Yes. Where it's like well, we're not going to bring somebody like this into our our fold for to sign autographs and stu- uh, stuff because like it has such a uh, polarizing, controversial reaction from people. I'm bringing in a turtle to slaughter at his table for I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sure not. he would really appreciate that. Please don't. <laughs> but yeah, if for no other reason than just talking to him and, and yes. finding out some of the ins and outs about what happened on set, like it's an invaluable resource. So that's a huge get. Uh, much respect for them going that route because. A lot of cons would not. That, that shows touch they're this. true horror fans. Well, it shows that they're also willing to, to take risk and and bring you something different because, you know, yeah, I'm not going to talk shit about any other cons around here, but Fanboy Expo is not going to bring Carl Yorkie in to talk about Cannibal Holocaust. Is not going to happen. Didn't you hear Tom Six just got a booth there? Oh well. Fuck. <laughs> Well, man, that'd be true. I'd go then. I would. I would. I would. I would need uh, to tell him how much I appreciate uh, retweeting uh, us. Yeah, and all, <laughs> yeah. all the the horrible, horrible nightmares of uh, laughter he's given me because this is the most uncomfortable, gut busting laughs I think I've ever had in my life. It's the movie you laugh at and you you feel bad for laughing at it. It's so bad. I love it. All right. FrankieCon is not just a boys club. We also have some female representation. We have the mangled dick expert of your dreams, Felissa Rose. Felissa is a slasher movie royalty, uh, being best remembered as Angela Baker in the original and best Sleepaway Camp, which we've previously covered on the show. So go check that out in the, you know, in the archive. Um, how excited are you to meet? I'm so fucking excited. I'm so fucking excited. And we're going to be a hipster because I have my Victor Crowley Blu-ray I bought when Popcorn Video went out. And that's what I'm going to have her autograph. Well, I have her autographed my uh, uh, Blu-ray Screen Factory edition of Sleepaway Camp. I only have Sleepaway Camp on this box set that had like a shit ton of movies. I'm not going to be like, look, I'm cheap and don't want to buy your movie by itself. So I'm getting the Victor Crowley one. And be like, hey, look, it's not just you having a dick. It's. You being awesome and on drugs. Now, do you want my dick? <laughs> Again, I'm married. Do I you want say, my buddy Brandon's dick? I have to say, I I met her a few years ago, and she was wearing... She came dressed to this convention to fucking wow everybody. She wants to show people she doesn't have a dick, that she's a legitimate That's, biological woman. That very well may be the case, but... Man, she's held up very well. She's a very attractive woman, and despite the fact that she is flat as a board, uh, what does they say in Sleepaway Camp? She's a real carpenter's dream, flat yeah. as a board and in need of a screw. Um, man, she filled out real nice, um, very yeah. voluptuous, and very nice, very down-to-earth. I actually just saw something on social media that I wanted to highlight about uh, Felissa Rose. This uh, These people, they had a, a friend who's basically on their deathbed for the lack of a better word. And the the only thing that this person wanted to do before they pass on was go to a horror convention and meet Felissa Rose. Aww. They go and there's just this picture of this poor ailing woman in a wheelchair and Felissa just full of life embracing this person. That's so inspiring and it's what's great about the horror community for all the negative things that like you know the Karens of the world will thrust upon really horror is is it's titillating and it's fun and 
some of the nicest people I've ever met have come from this line of work. There's a toxic element in all fandoms and careers, but heavy metal and horror fans, in general, by percentage, are the best people you're going to meet. I think it's because they understand what it means to to be shit upon. Yeah, and so they, they are really, truly, like, I mean, the fandom, the people, uh, you know, who, who, you know, like Brian Bremer didn't know there's so many people that, you know, gave a shit about his old shit. You know, yeah. he's just, you know, hey, it's a paycheck. And, like, really, like, you know, opened his eyes. And Felissa Rose, I was so mad. Like, it was just a couple months ago they did the anniversary screening in Newport. Where that she of uh, Sleepaway Camp, yeah. she was doing a Q and A and stuff at the end. I had to fucking work. Yeah, same thing. <sighs> all rectified. We'll get to see her. Yes. We hope you will see her as well. It absolutely worked. She got photo ops on two different days. One well, in. Um, well, we'll, you're going like, to get to that. Talk. We're going to talk about. See, that. I know you're going through and not telling the people's things. I didn't know. All right, not to be outdone, but there's another female who's. Formidable, uh, and she's going to be attending not just Frankenkind, but attending my bedroom later on. Hopefully, if I'm lucky enough to persuade her with some super crack. Yes. <laughs> on a date, we have Patty Mullen, who you'll probably best remember as the titular Frankenhooker, will be coming back to join with her in just a few moments with big announcements, so hold on to your horses for just a few. However, last year's Frankencon was blessed by someone in a Frank and Hooker cosplay that was just fantastic. Oh yes, it was great. So we we got to meet this person. And we got our pictures taken with her, and like the attention to detail in this costume was just great. You know, the little the stitching around the neck and the bolts, and you know the 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 shades different on the skin, and obviously the. Uh, this was a this, real cosplayer. They brought their fucking A game. So, to Frankenhooker. What do you think about cosplay in general? I it's fucking love it. Even outlet. when it's done bad. You know, it's like it's some people having fun. I mean, where, where else but like conventions and stuff like that? Can you just play dress up? It's not Halloween. It, fucking go at it. And that when it's good, it's even better. There was Frankenhooker and Zombie Dolly last year. Uh, there was uh, there was a... Um, Herbert West that was pretty Herbert good. Herbert West that was good. Uh, I mean, I, just, I love seeing it. Yeah, well, I please, uh, if you got a good cosplay, stop by our booth. We'll definitely uh, want to take pictures and yes, everything, chit chat. Um, no better way to follow up a dynamic duo of women than with a couple of Titans of Terror. This will make for an awesome reunion. We have CJ Graham and Tom Matthews uh, reuniting Jason and Tommy Jarvis. Uh, we've covered Jason Lives on the podcast, but let's let's not shortchange either guy because both of them have impressive resumes. CJ uh, also was the Hell Cop in yep. uh, Highway to Hell from '91. Uh, Tom pulled double duty and Return of the Living Dead one and two, absolute classics, especially yes. the first one. Uh, very excited. Uh, Tom was supposed to be here last year and he had to cancel. And then he was supposed to be at Terror in the Woods and had to cancel. He runs a business, so yeah. he he has like a, a day job and you know and these appearances or you know extra things. But you know ultimately he's got to you know make sure his business is in good standing. But thankfully they were able to reschedule. And I've got a, a Jason Lives poster up here on the wall that I need a couple of autographs on. And Hell yeah! So. Looking, looking forward to that. Uh, they two, the two of them recently reunited for an awesome fan film called Vengeance Two. Have you seen? I Friday? still haven't sat down and watched it. It's I'm, free on YouTube. I know. It's the best Friday the Thirteenth feature length Friday the Thirteenth property 
I'm going to go on to say I think I might actually like it better than the actual remake from 2009 because it has... But does it have the perfect set of tits in it? That does not. <laughs> That's what this movie is lacking. However, placement such. Vengeance Part 1 did have a, a good set of tits with uh, Darcy the Mail Girl. She has a lesbian scene. That's what Friday the 13th movies in this decade needs. So let's get cranking that out. Absolutely. Brian Fuller and all you guys making the, the Peacock show. Let's get some HLA going on in there. <laughs> Hot lesbian action. Um, yeah, highly recommend Vengeance 2. I mean, it has its problems. It's a fan film. But the the third act of this movie where they reunite, I had legit body chills. Like, it, it felt like a big moment. And... I hate that this wasn't on the big screen because this is the moment that, like, I think diehard fans would have, like, been creaming their jeans for. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got two guests left, and I'm I'm shanking, uh, shaking. I'm shaking, in, too, I know. Shaking in my underoos. Uh, from the Basket Case trilogy, we have Kevin Van Hendrick. Now, Kevin's just the icing on the cake because... Our headliner is none other than the man behind Frankenhooker, the Basket Case Trilogy, Brain Damage, Bad Biology, one of my all-time favorite directors, the great Frank Henenlotter. I can't fucking wait. This, Even my, my stepdaughter, Sadie, she she was I thought she was faking sick one day from school. I'm like, yeah, you can stay. We're going to watch Brain Damage. And it blew her fucking mind. She's actually pumped to like meet him. And get his autograph. This is his first convention that he's done since COVID. And that's impressive in of itself. But I don't think he's ever done a convention in Tennessee at all. So this, this if you can only meet one person this weekend, the guy's not getting any younger. If you got something you want to get autographed or you want to get a picture, this is the time to do it. So don't wait and say you'll see him next year. No, go. It's now. fucking, this is your this chance. Is, this is it. Dunzo. Uh, impossible question, but which is Frank's best film, in your opinion? Man, it is an impossible question, but if you, you put a gun to my head, I've always liked brain damage. Just like... Like like a a millimeter better. Like it would be between that and uh, Frankenhooker. I love Basket Case, but I saw Basket Case in my pretentious horror movie phase, like around thirteen or fourteen, when I was like oh, the special effects and blah blah. I've since loved it, and I think the third one's kind of like the the most out there that I love the most. I actually think I like the second movie. They're the best. Just so good. They're all good. I appreciated them all, but like Brain Damage itself. As just like a weird movie, you know, basically talking about drug addiction, you know, this is this is your brain on fucking drugs. This should that should have been the PSA in the eighties, <laughs> the end when his fucking skulls caving in, and this I, I fucking love that movie. I always have the blowjob scene where he pops out of his pants. Like it's just so many childhood memories, and the fact that I have got to share those with Sadie. And like she's dated people, and she's like, "No, you have to fucking watch this," and you know, you know, put on brain damage and made them like, "What the fuck am I watching?" I I think it's it's so sad that Frank Hennelauder is to me, he's kind of like uh, the equal of Sam Raimi in my opinion, but he but, he didn't get the opportunity to become because he was a bigger so director. far out there, like like he didn't give a he's he's the epitome of his directing career. Of, I don't give a fuck. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, how is it that we exist now with like where streaming is the direct mode of transportation from 
camera to your eyes that someone has not given him a moderate budget to make another movie. That's it's criminal. People yeah. get, people get keep giving Tyler Perry money to make movies. Hey, he gives some of that money to Brian Bremmer, so I'm fine with that ben now. Has, I no longer bear him ill will. Well, okay, well, fine. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, Frank... He Hen- could do a lot with $2 million, Frank, I'm saying. Frank Hennelotter could put Brian Bremmer in a movie, and then we cut the middleman out. There we go. And then Mick Strong could do the production design. Yeah. Look, listen, I just, <laughs> I, just wrote, I just wrote your movie for you. you know what I mean? guess we just need to start selling Super Crack. Working on it. <laughs> that's my side hustle. You know, that's actually the, that's the movie they need to make is a, is a, a a movie about the underground Breaking Bad, but for super crack, and it's a zany comedy <laughs> with a little horror elements here or there. there I already go. know that I'm getting a bunch of rock candy before this and put it in the bag, and that's what I want Patty Mullins' autograph. Sexy. All right, now that we have all our players on the court, let's talk about what you can expect from the Bride of Francacon in terms of general admission tickets. This this is what we've been waiting for. One o'clock, there's going to be a world premiere screening of the short film, My Best Friend's Head Exploded. I don't know a lot about this movie, but it's one of the film festival yes. entries, and evidently uh, it's pretty good, so that's going to be cool. However, 115, this is where we take center stage with our good buddy Mick Strawn to discuss his amazing career. This is going to be so easy. Yeah. I'm just going to say, everybody, Mick Strawn, and then he's going to talk, and I'm going to have to tell him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, you're going to have to wrap it up because they like to keep these things on time. In in all sincerity, it's going to be so much fun. He's a great storyteller, and he's got so many stories. Not enough. I mean, we could do like a six-hour talking show with him, and he still have stories for days. So I'm just going to let him kind of free associate, and we'll have people ask him questions. And hopefully, that person, that first person to ask him, ask if I can't talk ask him a question will be able to phrase it in a way that does not allow him to trail off for for a good hour i'd like for multiple people to be able to ask questions but we'll see what yeah. happens love you mick and we're really excited to do that how excited are you to share this i'm so break? fucking excited like i said i've only met him a few couple times he was fucking great uh Getting the crowd going, you know, getting him, you know, watching him just unleash. One fifteen's too early for him to start drinking, unfortunately. You don't know Mick very well. Hey, I'll sneak him. I'll sneak him liquor to his table. I don't care. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping our tables will be next to each other, because then at the very least, you know, like if uh, if it's you know our you know people's attention or elsewhere, yes. we can keep each other Absolutely. entertained throughout the course of the day. All right, three fifteen serial killer psychology with Jeff Ignatowski. Uh, that's something different because it's not really horror movie related. But I mean, if you're interested in serial killers, and this seems to be uh, a white woman thing, oh, yeah. specifically, they love, they love serial killers. Um, but if you like, true didn't crime, they do this last year? They they did something because the girls went, you know, uh, Kai and uh, Evelyn and Sadie. They went to something like that because that was one of the things they probably did. I we were so wrapped up. Yeah, we were just at the table the entire time except for Bremer and you meeting Joe Bob and Darcy. Yeah, that well, you you got to pop off when you had your your photo taken. Yeah, that's true. I did have a got the photo op with uh, Darcy and Joe Bob, and just. 
glorious. So, like yeah, like I said, three fifteen. If you like uh, serial killers, that should be a probably interesting study. You know, kind of working their way into the the mind of the the darkest elements. Four fifteen. This is going to be great, and I'm sucks. We're gonna we won't be able to do this when yeah. we our table. Four fifteen. Basket case movie screening and a Q and A panel with Kevin Van Hantrick and director Frank <coughs> Lauder. That's that's so cool. I might need to let you pop off to go to the Q&A panel at the end so you can actually get your, your little con moment and maybe ask him a good question. I, I would be willing to sacrifice that well, and we'll, run, you know. We'll we'll see what, what's going on throughout the course of the day. And if I if I get a hard enough boner for this Q&A thing, it, it, there may not be any, you know, holding me back. That's true. I'll get hashtag zipper rash. <laughs> All right, 10 o'clock, the world premiere of the movie Grandma, which uh, is getting some pretty pretty cool reviews. I've seen the poster art and stuff, but I haven't seen a trailer or anything. I've tried to keep myself as separated from stuff as possible because I, I usually don't watch trailers for stuff. And I, when I watch it, I want it to be presented as... Uh, oh, fresh. No, yeah, no fresh. preconceptions. Yeah, I want to kind of view it as... Uh, uh, as a newborn babe would, you know, as I did as a kid, you know. Yes. Uh, Saturday, June 10th. This is still general admission. 11 a.m. Screening of the short film Once Upon a Nightmare. 11.15. We have Felt Nerdy. That's F-E-L-T-N-E-R-D-Y. Presents a horror-inspired puppet show for all ages. They did this last year, and evidently it went over really well. So that's that's kind of cool. In my head, I think about... Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, the, or, the Dracula, the, the Dracula yes. musical. So it's probably something along those lines. Get this noon. This is also something I'm really uh, sad that we're going to be missing. But you know, you know, we're we're going to have to do some work yeah. on occasion. Noon world premiere, first time shown to a public audience anywhere. Uh, Nigel Box, Bad Ben. Alien Agenda. Oh, my God. The world premiere happening in our backyard for a new uh, Nigel Block movie. Isn't that cool? That is fucking awesome. Y'all are stupid if you don't go. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's come on. This is general admission. You Go. You, go. It's, it's more than pays for itself. At 2.15, screening of the film Unlisted Owner. We talked about Jed Bryan. This yeah. is one of his films. Uh, it's, got some, it's got some buzz, so check that out. Three o'clock, and this is uh, for our, our cosplay fans out there. Costume contest. They're gonna have a, some different categories, like kid categories. So if you bring your kids dressed up, you know, good chance you know they'll be able to win some stuff, and they're gonna be giving away prizes and you know Absolutely. that kind of stuff. So you know, if you're wearing a costume, you might as well. Exactly. I mean, what, what could it hurt? Six o'clock, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason lives in depth scene breakdown with Tom Matthews and C.J. Graham. That's going to be cool because yes. you know the two the two most important factors, with the exception of the director Tom McLaughlin, there to kind of give you the insights to you know how and why things were done the way they were, and I mean part six rules, part six fucking rules. So that's if you're a Friday Thirteenth fan, that's that's a must. Ten o'clock screening of Debbie Does Demons with director Donald Farmer and star Jessa Flux. So this is after the tables are done. So I'm probably gonna have to sit in on this one. I I think uh, we'll probably have a few uh, drinks in hand. But, oh yeah, but that, that's we'll gonna... hit, run to the bar real quick. Now I know where the bar. Last year I didn't know where the bar was. This year I do. Yeah, <laughs> I actually got mad at Mick because I kept. Because our, our tables were across the room from each other, and I kept seeing him drink something, and I thought he was drinking like a like a you know plastic bottle. No, the guy was drinking beers, and I'm like, where where did you get that? And he's like, from the bar. I was like, where the fuck is the bar? <laughs> like, why was I not alerted to this? But it's probably a good thing we didn't get. Yeah, 
We we will. Oh, I pre-gamed in the car a little half pint just because I was nervous. I told you I would, but I wasn't drunk. I wasn't sloppy. Yeah, we. You know me. I'm a professional drinker. We'll 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 save. We'll try and pace ourselves the first day. The second day we'll get Same horribly drunk. Shooting heroin at the table. <laughs> horribly drunk and arrested. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, not everyone will get to experience the fun of Frankencon because these next events are VIP only. Seven o'clock, and this is this is a big one. Seven o'clock Friday or Saturday? Friday. Okay. The true story of Cannibal Holocaust with Carl Yorkie. God. The this is the instance where the making of a movie is far more interesting so than the actual murder movie. trial. Yeah, there's there's so many ins and outs about that. So if you if you want just uh, a actually if you're interested in true crime, even though like it's not really about serial killers, I think you're gonna enjoy the same framework of this because absolutely of the, the, the trial that went on and the the real horrific things they did on set. So that's I hope they film this because that needs to be put on YouTube. Yes, just him talking about that. Eight o'clock. We've been waiting all episode for this, and um, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but uh, let's just talk about it, hit the ground running. Screening of Frankenhooker with live commentary from myself and Fat Tony, but most importantly, the star of Frankenhooker, as in the Frankenhooker, Patty Mullen herself. Can you believe this I'm is I'm rubbing my nipples. Can you believe that- I can't. This is, I've been looking forward to this since you told me this has been like- I can't fucking believe Like, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it. It's amazing that, like, in the grand scheme of, like, the the universe, we are so insignificant in, like, every single way. And the fact that we have been given the opportunity and the reins to to steer this ship, uh, probably wrecking uh, into the Titanic uh, iceberg. I have watched this movie... No joke, at least 12 times since you saw me. So I don't even have to pay attention. So I know what, just to plan, just to know it, just in preparation. I don't do preparation for these episodes we usually do. Brandon might send me, hey, think of something to do with Leprechaun or think of, no, I'm bringing my fucking A game because this event needs to end with her having sex with Brandon while I watch. <laughs> on, sta- on stage. And, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll whip out the nipple clamps and bear mask. <laughs> no, but like I'm legit like honored and amazed that we get to like trusted enough to do something as this fun and a VIP event. Yeah, so, you know. I'm going to bring A game. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be uh, probably over the moon giddy and probably sweating profusely from all orifices. I this is I'm I'm nervous, but it's like a it's a fun nervous. You yes, know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, a, like, a, like, it's a, like you're getting ready to go on a roller coaster. Exactly. That's exact, yeah. Yeah. I I'm over the moon for that. So the guys from Frankencon, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, and that's going to cap it for Friday. And then on Saturday, seven o'clock, inside the mind of the crow with James O'Barr. So that's going to be cool. I didn't know about that one. Kind of learn about yeah. you know, the ins and outs of how he came up with these ideas and stuff. That's that's If you're a comic book fan or just really are interested in the process of a writer, I think that's going to be awesome. 8 o'clock, screening of Sleepaway Camp with commentary from the guys from We Watched a Movie and star Felissa Rose. I'm jealous of them, but I think we ended up with a better deal oh, on fuck this one. yeah, you know. Listen, I, I love Sleepaway Camp. Uh, it's one of the most infamous slasher films of all time. We love it. We did an episode on it. 
We love Felissa Rose. We, She's we, awesome. We do, but, but when to, are you ever? When have you ever even heard of the of Frankenhooker watch along? There's no exploding. Yeah, there, yeah. There's no exploding crack. Exactly. In, in Sleepaway Camp, and I just going to say it. Uh, if you like, we watch a movie more than us. Then you're shit people, and, <laughs> and you should jump off a cliff. I, I don't know, but you know. No, they they sincerely they have good content. If you uh, check them out on YouTube, uh, are we going to have to fight them in the parking lot to establish dominance? Because I'm pretty big. You got me at my size on your side. Well, I I carry uh, I I use my meat pocket to conceal <laughs> weapons. <laughs> Your prison wallet? Yeah, my prison wallet. He's always got a shank up there at all times. Yeah, and I have real, I have really long balls. So and I just, the I just irony of this is, I'm the one that's been to prison and not him. <laughs> I learned from the best. That's true. <laughs> I took detailed notes. <laughs> I took uh, a uh, one of those colonoscopy um, cameras, <laughs> and I decided I learned all the insides, and I was like, okay, I understand the anatomy now. <laughs> So, you know, you take a you take a couple of fingers up some KY jelly, just lube it up real good and you shove it up there and you just you hope you don't have to use it. And you hope you don't have to fall. But if real these bad. other podcast guys come at us, you know, we have to be ready. It's gonna be like the fight in Anchor Man. I'm gonna have a <laughs> trident. <laughs> But yeah, sincerely, uh, you know, maybe we'll be able to, uh, you know, hook up with them and chit chat a little bit about them staying in their own damn territory, and we'll stay in ours. And, and <laughs> I'll I'll kill them all with alcohol poison. Like, come on, fellas, let's drink, and I'll drink everybody because I love everybody, but nobody's going to step up to me with drinking. Grandpa from Texas John, Chainsaw Massacre. John Dugan, if he were there, he, he might. I know you're about to. Say, yeah, yeah, see, he 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 had to quit. Yeah. Um, that's true, but he's he's got some years on. I'm in my prime though. See, I'm in my prime alcohol ravaging my body age. You're you're pre blood doping. Um, <laughs> Tour de France. Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> no, no, Dolph, that, that one when he. Oh, no, you're no, talking. No. I was thinking Tour de Pharmacy. The the I thought. Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. I have both my balls, and I don't cheat. That's horrible. He dopes with dope. Not with blood, not with oxygen enriched blood. Uh, we're getting off the fucking yes. rails. All right, so uh, cool thing for we watched a movie. Uh, uh, I'm sure the crowd's going. If we're eat. not busy, I'm going to check it out. Well, that's going to be after. Uh, that's VIP. So I mean, we'll be closed up. I think by then. Yeah. So yeah, we'll all the VIP we'll, stuff. Might yeah. as well we can heckle them and ruin their fucking show. Your podcast sucks. <laughs> I don't think we'd be asked to return for another Frankencon if we did that. Let's be let's behave. Or the crowd loves it so much they demand we come back. That's true. And we're the only people. You're a great heckler. I'll give Brandon like Brandon when he's in a heckling, giving people shit mood, he he can step up to genius levels. Yeah. Anytime I go to wrestling, man, they edit me (sighs) the fuck out. That has happened multiple (laughs) times. So. Unfortunately, uh, with Felissa Rose, yes, uh, due to uh, some scheduling, she's going to be coming in late on Friday. So her photo op for Friday has been canceled. However, uh, she's going to be doing two, I believe, on Saturday, and she's going to be in the bloodied costume, so yes. like the camper outfit, doing uh, the face. I'm sure. Come on, get your picture taken. Forty. And this this process is super fast. I went to the Joe Bob and Darcy one last year. There's a huge fucking line. I'm like this is gonna take all fucking day. No, 
They had that shit moves. They were like a fucking machine. And there was a little problem with my print, but they sorted that out and bent over backwards to get that shit done. Yeah, and the great thing about making mistakes is that you learn, you from, learn them. from them. So we expect this to, you know, to be like butter yeah, baby like, smooth. Exactly. Like a newborn baby's ass. Uh, straight out the slit. Oh, God. <laughs> Embryonic fluid smooth. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, Carl Yorkie is going to have a photo session on both Friday and Saturday, $45. Uh, so, I mean, that's... That's, that's rare, a, man. That's a once-in-a-lifetime once kind of situation. Uh, CJ Graham is going to have one on Friday and Saturday, $45. Tom Matthews, same thing, Friday and Saturday, $50. However, if you want a professional pick of both Tommy and Jason together, Friday and Saturday... 80 bucks for the for the two. And these are professional photographs. Yeah, no, this so there's not just this, this is not a Polaroid. Yes. So you're paying for the quality and the backdrop and the setup and the lighting and everything. Dude, the fucking backdrop and setup for Joe and Darcy's was fucking on point. Exactly. So you're gonna you're not you're not gonna be getting ripped off with this. You're you're paying no. you're paying for the security and the quality of what you're getting. A something you'll have for the rest of your life. Exactly. All right, Kevin Van Hentrick will have a photo session on both Friday and Saturday. $45, Patty Mullen, in costume. In costume. I'm still debating. We'll have a photo session on both Friday and Saturday at for $45. Frank Hennenlauter, yet again, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, Friday and Saturday, $45. However, if you want Kevin, Patty, and Frank together, they'll all have a photo session both Friday and Saturday, $100. $100 for three people, chances That's $33 are. $33 a pop plus change. You're saving money. It's legendary. You're never going to have that opportunity again. It's very... Jump un- the fuck on it. It is very unlikely that this would ever come your way. So, once in a lifetime... Absolutely. I know that's, we beat that into the ground <coughs> quite a few times, but sincerely, if you adore these people and want to get the picture, this is the chance to do it. All right. So, uh, aside from the obvious things, let's just kind of wrap this up. Like, what what is uh, the most you're looking forward to, Frankicon? Aside from our aside from our panels, meeting the people that come through, seeing the cosplay, seeing people all pumped up. Honestly, that sounds super fucking cheesy. Like, I'm gonna meet Frank. I'm gonna go through line and get Frank Henlotter's autograph or send somebody. I'm going to do those things, but I just like the whole vibe and like, like the cosplayers, the people checking shit out, talking to people about us, you know, that's my jam. My dad was a car salesman. He, he was a great car salesman. I've got that gift of gab when I'm in the zone. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. And talking some woman with low self-esteem up to our room so I can watch <laughs> you make the sweetest no, love to her. No, I need you to be on your double A game and, and wither down somebody with high self-esteem. Okay, man, I can do one or I can do a... No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I want you, I want you to put stars I can talk in her eyes. into, like, she can have high self-esteem and, like, like she's doing you a favor, you know. As long as I, I won't know the difference. My dick will know the difference. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been fun, and we're really looking forward to this. And as but always... But what are you looking forward to? Well, I'm getting ready to oh, tell you. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm really looking forward to being at the table and, you know, getting to, to talk with everybody who comes by. And it's always sort of like the pitch on, like, who we are. But uh, we've had several people, you know, kind of recognize us as a part of the Franken family. So we'll see some returning faces. And I think, you know, with every passing day, the association, you know, we're kind of more intertangled. 
So new or old, we're going to uh, we're going to be there to serve service you one way or another, you know, or orally or uh, I, you know, mouth ain't cheating. <laughs> I'll I'll blow or lick lick some bean. Uh, Sub- <laughs> subscribe and <laughs> hit that smash that like button. I meant, I meant more in the sense that we'll have a conversation, oh, a yeah. meaningful conversation with you. But if if you so choose, Fat Tony is offered if his you mouth. buy me a drink. I'm a cheap slut. I'm just saying. <laughs> but hand hand hands and mouth only. I'm married. That's you don't classy. get the diamond instead of the fuck hammer. That's classy. <laughs> That's Pinky, horrible. Pinky's up. Uh, we're also going to be doing a raffle. And like always, all of the proceeds that we produce at our table are going to go to the Ronnie James Dio Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. Uh, this this thing is going to have, uh, I can't remember if it's four or six, uh, Ripley's Passes. Oh. Comps to all locations. And they're, they'll be good for basically to the end of the year. And you can go and do whatever you want to do with several of your friends or your family. Uh, there's going to be a Christine uh, model kit, you know, John Carpenter's yes. Christine, uh, horror coloring books, uh, some Ghostbusters stuff. I'm just, I'm going to pack the motherfucker full of goodies and we're going to have uh, raffle tickets for a dollar. Basically, the more tickets you buy, the better chance you have to win. And we're going to give that away and the money will go to charity. So I think that'll be fun. And we're also working on potentially having uh, some new table items. We'll uh, we'll get back to you on that. Still in kind of limbo right now, uh, some technical complications, but we're very very close to having them figured out. All the same, we'll have some good stuff at the table. You know, if nothing else, conversation and dick, dick jokes and you know all kinds of things of that nature. I have promised it before, and I'll promise it again. I'll send you dick pics. You can you come to the table. We'll take we'll set up a curtain. We can step no, by. No. No, it will be properly lit by the photographer. We're gonna. We'll have our that's, photo that's, that's our photo ops, yeah. and it's from the waist down. No faces. You got to pay extra for the face. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have to pay extra for waist down. They have to like my face included is not adding value. I like you're sorry. You're my, sure. my wife works with special needs clients, and one of them uh, met me just we saw him at Walmart, and uh, she is now, he is now convinced that she's married to Santa Claus. And uh, I wasn't the only one to come. I look like a trashy biker Santa Claus, maybe. Like a Wish brand tall Jack Black. But, like, it was the cutest fucking thing. Santa Claus? I'm like, yeah, buddy. Okay. But, uh, so my face doesn't add value. But the diamonds that I fucking but that's legendary. Exactly. I have merch for it. It does. Go to rantarmy.com and buy a diamond sort of fucking her, uh, I can't even talk. Diamond studded fuck oh. hammer t-shirt. We're just so excited about I this, know, people. It, we can't wait to see you out there. Very excited. Uh, I think that's going to close us up. And I, I'm confident that I can answer for both Fat Tony and I that we're, we're just excited to know and to be involved Brighter Frankencom. We got nothing but respect for Matt, Richard, and Corey, and all the hard work that they put into the show. If you see them, please thank them because if you're having a good time, chances are they're working their ass off to make that happen. And it kind of sucks, you know. You put all the work into doing a con, you don't really get to sit back and enjoy it. So hopefully, with it being spread out over two days, uh, they'll Hell be able yeah. to acclimate themselves a little more to specific tasks and then have more free time to kind of take a breather. But please, please thank them because this area and just horror in general needs more of this. You know, the fandom thanks you guys. Uh, tip of the cap to you from the Ran Army. I think that's going to do it for us this uh, for the time being. Uh, Rants from the Black Lodge podcast can be found on a multitude of platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So go give us a sub right now if you haven't already. 
Follow us on social media at Rants Black Lodge. And don't forget to stop by our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. And for the love of Cthulhu, go buy a sticker, a t-shirt, or a mug from our web store at RantArmy.com. For Fat Tony, this is Brenner A. Lane signing off. Till next time, Rant Army, keep marching.